Hi, this is Glenn McQueenie, and welcome to 20 Minutes of Insider Secrets of Successful Niches. This is where you learn the insider secrets to dominate your target market. You'll learn to work with high margin, super happy clients and build a tribe of loyal, raving fans for your business. So excited to have you join me today. So sit back and enjoy 20 Minutes of Insider Secrets of Successful Niches. Hello and welcome to my success series podcast. I'm Glenn McQueenie and I'm so happy and honored to have my special guest, the one and only Dean Jackson, join me today. How are you doing, Dean? Wow, I'm fantastic. That's quite a, uh, quite a nice intro there. Well, you know, Dean, we've known each other for probably almost, I guess, 20, 22 years now, and um, you've had such a profound impact uh, on my life with all your coaching and wisdom, so I'm just so honored that you've taken the time to come and join me so that we can help these listeners um, just really learn the value of why a niche market is so important, and it really is the kind of future for most real Mm. estate agents today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. This is a, It's great to see you uh, out podcasting here. I love it. <laughs> so just for our listeners, um, can you just maybe give us another minute or two about yourself, Dean, and just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get right into it. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, you mentioned we've known each other for over 20 years now. I started out as a real estate agent in Halton Hills, just outside of Toronto. And when we met, probably in 93 or 94, um, you know, that was the, my passion was really marketing and applying marketing to my real estate business. And then from there, learning, um, you know, creating systems that I could then share with other real estate agents. And when uh, Joe Stump and I met up, we partnered up and built a, a, big real estate coaching organization of going all over the um, all over North America and so it's been a uh, quite a journey but I've always it's been my first love um, real estate and coupling it with marketing um, has really been quite an amazing journey and you've done so much now, Dino. You know, the, the list goes on um, from, you know, the I Love Marketing.com podcast, which I think is one of the top marketing podcasts in mm-hmm. the world, to your most recent one now, which is more cheeselesswhiskers.com, which I just love uh, what you're doing on that because you're really talking to people who have used your other program, which is, I think, Breakthrough right. DNA using all your um, eight profit activators and then you're kind of um, interviewing them to see how it's really affected their business. And I'd encourage everybody to go to morecheeselesswhiskers.com or I love marketing. Um, You know, you've done go, go agent. You've got your own um, uh, CRM. uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, that there's so many things, but you, you mentioned more cheese, less whiskers as a a podcast and there's actually an interesting thing uh you know we talk about niche marketers i actually did an episode with a guy who's a realtor in south of france selling high-end like ultra high-end homes in saint-tropez and we talked about that whole um niche but that really is 
the way things are going. I'm just excited to see you getting on that path of spreading the word about, you know, focused niches rather than just kind of being a real estate agent, hoping to get enough business to, uh, you know, in the general market, but taking, choosing a niche and taking control of it. That's kind of a, a message that you're really helping to, to get out there. Yeah, you know, it really is my my rallying call to the industry because I think so many agents are so short-focused all the time, looking, chasing their next deal instead of really building a business and a long-term business. And I think the best way to do it is just by dominating one single niche or single target market. Um, the way you talk about at it, you're in profit activators. That's right. Yeah, and I always so, add that, at a time, because it, you can have other – you can have multiple niches, but you know, treating it more like um, Procter and Gamble, where they're independent um, brands. You know, where you've got specifically for that niche, there they feel like you're the one that that understands them more than anybody else. And when I've been teaching this and, um, you know, both of my books that I've published, I've gone through your company, 90 minute books. Um, and when I'm kind of spreading the word around, I always refer to your company because I really believe this product that you've developed where someone can really do their own book in 90 minutes and you created mm-hmm. such a great system for that. Um, I think today it's almost like the book is the new business card. and That's absolutely um, true. And so many people feel overwhelmed about that whole idea. But I think, um, and what I'm really excited about talking today is just how you can be creating content for your niche. And part of that mm-hmm. content could be creating your own book. So can you just tell me uh, a little bit about, you know, just your journey into creating 90-minute books Um yeah, I mean, you know, I looked at it that I I break things down to the components, right? So in order to, uh, you, we talk about my my profit activators, and one of those is selecting a single target market. That's profit activator one, and profit activator two is compelling your prospects to raise their hand to call you, not going out and and cold calling or prospecting people. So I am always focused on how can we get people to come to you rather than you having to go out and and chase them. And so the thing that I found that works better than anything is tapping into self-interest, you know, and that means that somebody who sees something valuable, like a book, which has so much historical context as being something that is indisputable in terms of an authority piece. Uh, You know, you think that books, uh, you know, are valuable. Just try and get somebody to throw out a book or tear up a book. You know, we're so conditioned that we revere books as a, a society, you know. So to have written a book is a badge of of expertise. And if you title a book to tap into the self-interest that your target audience has, it's so easy to get people to um, to raise their hand. And then you can, in Profit Activity 3, educate 
and motivate them. But the thing about the 90-minute book, the reason, you know, they're small um, books that are easy to consume, and they are what I would call the minimum viable product level of a book. And there's a whole thing in startup culture about the lean startup. And one of the concepts that they have is creating the minimum viable product or the minimum effective dose of something. So if you're going to use a book as a lead generator, which is really the most valuable thing that you can use it for, um, what's the minimum effective dose to get the result that you're looking for, which is to turn an invisible prospect into a visible prospect, somebody that you've never met or heard of, that they raise their hand and identify themselves. So with that, the thing that's most important is that you have a book, that you have a title, that upon reading it, the person you want to be in conversation with says, I want that book. That's the book for me. And you have a way for them to get it. Now, if you have those three things, it doesn't matter whether the book is 50 pages or 250 pages, because as soon as somebody asks for it, the book has done its job. And now you can engage in a dialogue with somebody. So going beyond that minimum effective dose of writing or doing more than 50 pages for a lead generation book, it's not what I say, what I call making the boat go faster. It's not, it's not adding anything. It's not going to get more response because you have 250 pages and you took, you know, nine months to write the book. Then you're going to get by carefully thinking through what's the title of the book that my audience would love to have, and then spending 90 focused minutes on creating the starter conversation, you know, the conversation that's just going to kind of establish you as the expert and lead people to the next step, which is to be in a relationship with you. Right. It's kind of... Um... I love how you say the minimum effective dose because I always think about books and, and I'm you know, a very prolific reader like you are. And most books, there's this standard of 250 to 300 pages and someone just mm -hmm. made it up like that looks like it's enough to create value. But yeah. we know that every book, really the top 20%, you know, within 50 pages, you they could condense any book ever written down to 50 great pages. And that would and be it enough. would be better. It would be better That's if right. they did that. You know, how many books have you read that you could get the point across in 50 pages and the rest of it is just fluff and filler and enough to kind of add it all up? You know, it's interesting, Glenn, I saw in the New York Times, there was a big um, feature about the state of, of books. And um, because with Kindle and Kobo now with all these readers, they have access to the data on how much of these books are actually being read. And oh, it's frightening because more than half, I think it was 57%, Glenn, of people who buy a book never open it. So they, you know, they buy it on their Kindle. They will, oh yeah, I got to get that. They grab it and then they never open it. 
And some small number, like only 20% or just over 20% of people actually read beyond 100 pages. And, and that's in a bestseller. That's incredible. Yeah. So I think there's something to that. If you can condense your idea into um, you know, a really great foundation to, to lead enough so that somebody wants to um, take the next step, you know? Right. And I've found and you know, I've, I've thought this many times that, you know, the, the winning book for many people um, who are listening to this right now would be something called like the 12 secrets to buying your first home in fill in the blank, you know, their neighborhood mm-hmm. there. I think a city's too broad sometimes, but they're mm-hmm. like in Midtown, downtown, you know, the 12 secrets to buying your first condo in downtown Toronto. And I think mm-hmm. the more that you focus it, um, the first of all, I think it's the more reception you're going to get on the book. But I'd love when I talked to you previously and you said, really, that book is really like a one hour buyer consultation that's right. recorded that's and published because ev- all the buyers and sellers really ask us about, you know, out of 10 there's probably 10 to 20 questions that they're going to ask us. Every client will ask us the same one. So what if we could just hit those top 10 or 12 questions, and then instead of doing a one-hour interview with somebody, you could have 3,000 people download the book, and you've done 3,000 one-hour interviews. That's exactly it. That You're, you're right on. And it, you, know, you, don't, it, you don't need more than that to, um, to get somebody um, – you know, engaged enough to want to take the next step. And it's the most important. I mean, let's think about what the reality is that in the real estate business, the thing that's going to, um, that we're ultimately looking for is to help somebody find a house and buy it and to help somebody sell their house, to find a buyer and, and sell their house. Those are the two core things that we actually get paid for. That's the result that we're creating, you know? And so just leading into that, if you can get more people started in the conversation, that's a, um, that's a, a really cool thing to do. Yeah. So um, the more people you're having conversations with, uh, I think the law of numbers, which just has to work in your favor where you're going mm-hmm. to be generating more leads and more appointments and more signed contracts and more revenue and building a bigger business. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. You reverse engineering what has to happen from there. Right. So what changes have you seen in the real estate industry just over the last couple of years, as far as like um, lead generation and marketing has changed? What's the biggest? Well, it's certainly to- happening you know, we've seen the evolution where, you know, 25 years ago, when I created the guide to Halton Hills, the Halton Hills real estate prices, you know, there's no internet, no email. Um, It was just print advertising, offering a book that was valuable to people um, who are considering moving out to Halton Hills. And then we've seen the evolution where when everything went online, it was if you were ahead of the curve to be able to say search all the homes online, that was a, a valuable differentiator so that people 
could go and do that. But now you've seen it evolve that every piece of information about every house is available now and everybody knows that it's available. So just being able to say, hey, come search all the homes, that's over. That's not what is the, the value that you create now. Now the value is about going outside of the algorithm and being something that the computers can't provide for people. You know, used to be, hey, get daily updates of all the homes or get uh, weekly updates of all the new homes that came on the market. Well, everybody has every home the minute it comes on the market on their phone available to them right now. So that's not really a differentiator. But if you want to find the, the best homes in a particular neighborhood that have some particular attribute that's a qualitative type of thing, that's a different, um, that's a different situation. And that's really where we have the opportunity to, um, to excel, you know, uh, not just about the, the, the data. Yeah, I think it's really about the value now is the <clears throat> hyper-local um, wisdom that can't be mm-hmm. Googled anywhere, you know, because I got to tell you, I've been to some parties lately and, you know, I don't know about you, but people will come up and say, hey, Glenn, what did that house sell for? Like expecting that you would know what every home sold in your city. Um, mm-hmm. And I never know what they sold for. But there's always Sally at the party, who's not a realtor, who always oh, jumps yeah. in and says, oh, there was eight offers on that property. It sold for this much over the asking. And I'm like, great job, Sally. Thanks a million. So where that yeah, information that- used to be all ours, right? <laughs> Right. That's the thing is like, that's where it's not, uh, it's not the, um, it's not the advantage that it used to be to be the keepers of the information. I mean, I remember 25 years ago when the Wednesday paper would come out in Georgetown, that that was like, if you were manning the office that night for the, uh, that the floor calls would be, huge because the Wednesday paper would come out, people would see the new listings, and they'd want to call in and get the information because there was no other way to get it, you know? Um, and now it's like nobody needs to call into an who Who's calling anybody about anything anymore, you know? It's like so easy to get that that information. But if you can differentiate yourself and be – um, we have an opportunity to be a market maker. That's really where it is. If you can triangulate, if you're doing things like, so an example here in Winter Haven, um, we would do a, uh, a guide to lakefront homes in Winter Haven. And we would be advertising that in in print and in Facebook and wherever people are looking for lakefront homes. And at the same time, be doing a listing getting campaign in for the lakefront homes, looking for people who are going to sell their home and be able to match those people up, triangulating them. That's where you have the opportunity that now you've got insider knowledge of 
access to people who are thinking about buying a home, and you've got insider information on people who are thinking about selling their home, your opportunity then is to match those people up. That's where you're adding value because they don't have access to that. Right. And it's invisible, right? Nobody. It is invisible. And that's where having a, having a book gives you the opportunity to get those people um, to raise their hand, you know? And I love the, uh, because I think most agents feel like they're market takers right now. So I love that high, mm-hmm. the whole idea of when you go deep into your niche, you have that local wisdom right. that you actually are the market maker and a market matcher too. Yes, that's what it is. That's what you have the opportunity to do. You know, I always, I point to the example of um, Molson beer in Canada. That was they were kind of what, um, after I was doing this, kind of looked at and saw what they were doing is they would run ads. They would run an ad in Cosmo magazine with a picture of a guy who looks like a model in a field with these puppies. And it was like an image ad. And it, all the ad would say is his address, the intersection between masculinity and sensitivity, his beer. Molson Canadian, and they just have the small Molson logo there, you know, and they would run that ad so that they could run an ad in the men's magazines that said hundreds of thousands of women pre-programmed for your convenience. And then they would describe how while you're reading this ad, hundreds of thousands of women are reading a completely different ad scientifically designed to increase the attraction they feel to men who drink Molson. And they would show a picture of the ad that they were running in Cosmo magazine. And all you have to do to activate this attraction is to order a Molson beer. So it's really like this masterful, you know, triangulation of thinking about what does your, what does your prospect want, you know? That's have an you heard awesome story? That was amazing. Have you heard, Glenn, of of um, Open Door? Have you seen that what they're doing in the states yes. here? Yeah, that's the. And, it's like a minimum bid or guaranteed sale program. I, I've just read an article the sale. other day. Yeah. So that they are, um, you know, choosing a niche of the middle of the market single family homes after 1960. Um, you know, and three bedroom, you know, standard um, homes in the $150,000 to $500,000 price range. And they algorithmically will figure out what the house is worth. And if you want to sell your house, you just call them. They will uh, calculate algorithmically what the price is and take off 6% and then a small. Um, six or eight percent kind of um, risk uh, fee to give you a guaranteed sale price on your on your house. Now that is pretty interesting that they were you know in Phoenix able to get a two percent market share in a pretty you know short amount of time. Um, for so for some people. That's really what they want. But imagine if you could do that same thing for 
a specific niche, that if you're the person that's controlling the market for a certain, um, a certain segment, and you are also then finding the buyers for that, you get the opportunity to be the dream come true for those sellers, you know? And you're just matching them up. Uh, You're just matching them up. One by one. Yeah, it's so interesting um, what, you know, the, you know, potential disrupting technologies, and I know billions has been spent on it, but my sense is that, you know, we might be losing the first 50 or 60 or 70 yards of the transaction, but I think Mm -hmm. we're still holding the last 30, which is really the most important part. That's exactly it. Yeah, because that's what's... uh, such an expensive yeah, that's what I think I shared asset. with you that we can't, uh, you know, that's that's where I take, because I go to, to see uh, Peter Diamandis and go to his Abundance 360 events, and mm-hmm. I see that, you know, what we what we have the opportunity to do is control the last hundred feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's the the more um, local wisdom and knowledge, I think it's really, um, you know, you get out of being a commodity, right? You know, just yeah. being in a niche, you couldn't be a commodity. But I think the more just hyper-local you're in there with that unique knowledge, um, I, I I just think that's the long-term protection plan for realtors nowadays. You know? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So why do you think... Um, the conventional wisdom of, you know, the two hours of lead generation and cold calling and door knocking is, is wrong. More of the prospecting based business um, where, you know, your 90 minute books really is about targeting a niche market. So yeah. Tell me about that. Well, I think that that, you know, when you have something, there's just so much more leverage in it. First of all, who are you going to reach on the phone nowadays anyway? Right. I mean, the, the the doing the outbound uh, prospecting like that is just so inefficient, especially when there's ways to, you know, reach out more, much more leverage through, you know, specific direct mail, through Facebook advertising, through, um, you know, targeted pay-per-click advertising, print advertising in the right publications, all these things where you can get your audience to, raise their hand it's just so much more um so much more leverage and that's been something that you know i've been really hammering for 25 years you know as soon as you can get out of that outbound prospecting mode um you free up some time to focus creatively on getting somebody to raise their hand if you invest that 90 minutes to create an asset that just like you said, you know, you could do 3000 buyer consultations that way. It's total leverage, you know, whereas prospecting is like a hamster wheel. As soon as you stop doing it, it stops working. That's right. Um, What would be a great first step for someone listening to this podcast to do? If they're thinking about getting their niche in 90 minute books. Yeah, I think assessing your market, right? Thinking through where where is it that if I could just wave a magic wand and have this segment of the market, um, what would that be? You know, and, and I think not just so much in that it's 
townhouses or that it's uh, condos or that it's a specific segment of the market, but to more of a, um, a qualitative type of thing, you know, something that is outside of an algorithm, something that requires some sort of education around it. And it could be, um, you could have a, a niche of, of for uh, parents who want to invest in real estate while their kids are at college um, or to, you know, first time buyers who want to buy a house that they can live in, buy a multifamily home, they can live in, rent out part and build some equity that way. You start to think about um, outside of the, the box there and have a title that you know, you start thinking, what would be the title of the book that somebody in that target audience would definitely want to read? And that's a good start. You know, if you could get somebody to raise their hand like that and ask for that book, now you've got an asset. You know, you've got a way to start your triangulation. You know, you're finding those buyers. And then if you can identify the types of homes that would fit for that and you start a listing uh, campaign in that model, now you've, you're, you're able to triangulate. You know, that's really where the value is. I love that you, you know, if you can get the right title, identify the right market, know what their unique problems are, create a program or model to solve it then you really become the algorithm because that's what yes. an algorithm is, right? Mm-hmm. That you are, and it's unique to you because it's something that a computer can't do. You know, That's where I look long-term for the digitization. I mean, you're seeing for years, nobody would have ever thought that it would be possible for somebody to buy a house sight unseen like Open Door is doing. That's coming. And here, it's here now. I mean, the artificial intelligence to be able to offset that risk for them because they've got access to all the data in a in a neighborhood. So by narrowing to the middle of the market like that, that's really um, that sort of thing is coming. But if you now have the buyers for that, that just proves that you know. Sellers want to do what's the easiest thing for them, and they'll often trade off that uh, that they're getting a little bit less, but it's a guarantee, and they don't have to deal with the process of selling their house, you know. But if you can, if you can get it so that they're calling you because you've got the buyers. That makes it so much easier, you know? So you, I think if I can get people to think one thing, it's to think that way. It's to think about triangulating, you know, think about being a market maker. Um, what would that niche look like for them, you know? 
Yeah. So pick the niche, the niche or niche that you want to work mm-hmm. in. Then try to find, you know, how we can triangulate it, where we can maybe either go after just getting the buyers for that market, and then use your data and pool of buyers to start targeting the sellers. Like I've got mm-hmm. twelve people who are desperate to buy this triplex in this corner of the city. And if you mm-hmm. want the no fuss and no muss of putting your house on the market, like give me a call and we can bring them there right away. And then expanding that to almost because then you get you can start doing complementary neighborhoods, right? You know, because That's people right. move in pretty predictable patterns. Like here's where most yeah. of the first time buyers buy and then there here's where most of them move up and then here's when they trophy. And if you can almost be a market maker in between there and it's this hidden yeah. secret market because you dominate your niche, I think it's a winning formula. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Dean, thank you so much um, for joining me. Uh, any last advice that you'd love to give anybody about doing their 90-minute book or just how do they just quickly do it? Where do they go if they want to do a 90-minute book? Yeah, to start the process, they can go to uh, 90minutebooks.com and they download a copy of the 90-minute book, which is made using the 90-minute book process. So you get to see what it's all, what it's about, what the result is. And uh, we can take everything from there. It's more, um, you know, it's, it's, we, I've got a whole team standing by to help get that process and make it easy for people. Yeah. And if people want to know more too, right? like that, um, your, uh, your podcast, the, uh, the more cheese, less whiskers uh, yeah. is a great place where you where I think a lot of people have done the books where you get to interview and you can actually kind of see That's what right. they've done. And I know it's That's been right. transformational in my business. So Dean, thank you so much. You've been a great friend, a great coach and great mentor over the years. And I just am Thanks, so honored you took some time to spend with us today. Awesome. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to my 20-minute podcast on insights of successful niches. My goal is to give you more financial freedom by helping you take your natural strengths to a target market of people you love to work with. You can find out more information by downloading my book for free for a limited time. The book's called The McQueenie Method, Own Your Niche, Own Your Market. And you can download it at the themcqueeniemethodbook.com. That's the McQueenie Method book. Imagine what it'd be like to spend two days with me in person to help you find your niche market. I will help you take your natural strengths and unique abilities to a target market of people you love to work with. You'll build a tribe of happy clients who become raving fans of your business. So just go to the McQueenie Method.com for upcoming dates. Thanks again and have a